Pushkin. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is accelerating innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond, but at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Hi, I'm Phil Donahue. And I'm Marlo Thomas. And we're going on a series of double dates to find out... What makes a marriage last? You only have to be around Sting and Trudy Styler for a minute to feel the electricity between them. Their building is gorgeous modern with lots of curves. In fact, Sting says he was attracted to it because it's so female. No sharp corners. When we first walked into their home, there was Sting, tucked into the sofa with his head in a book. He told us the boss would be here in a moment, and right on cue, Trudy breezed into the room. She invited us to sit at a long wooden table where every chair was a different color. I chose the red one, and Phil chose the green. I could immediately see the connection, the little touches between them. They even finished each other's sentences. Interestingly, when they first met in 1982, they were both with other people. And that's where our conversation began. We were neighbors. We were neighbors. Uh Um, We're both British. We're both British. Mm -hmm. We're from the north of England. And we found ourselves in London uh, living with other people, but neighbors. You know when you you meet somebody and you, you recognize them? I mean, that, that might be wisdom in hindsight, but I'd recognize Trudy as someone that I could spend the rest of my life with. Then, I, I saw it, clearly. I just knew who she was, instantly. Well, that must have been kind of hard if you were neighbors. It was very difficult at first because we were not supposed to be together, so we fought that off for a couple of years, that instinct. And, <laughs> and did you two know right away? or? I... I it's like a recognition of somebody that you 
you feel you know, but you actually don't really know, but there's something that is drawing you to closer to someone. And of course it wasn't, a, it was the least ideal situation that you can imagine. Neither Sting nor Trudy were prepared for the feelings the situation would unleash. And then when it happens to you, it's like it's a, it's like a, a storm coming at you. A tidal wave. And when we began being a couple and moved in with each other, um, you know, it was, it was not without its challenges. And the media interest was very... And the media interest was, yeah. How did you know to trust each other? How did that come about? I think there was, there was a, um, a chapter in our history when we, that was us against the world. You know, we were in a foxhole. And you basically have to trust that person because you're surrounded by danger. Mm -hmm. So I think that was very formative. Mm -hmm. And I was a mess. You know, she, she protected me. When, when I hear questions about, you know, oh, you're madly in love and passionate and all of that, all of that is, yes, it's true. But I think that friendship, too, you know, needs to be part of uh, a discussion about the longevity of um, a marriage or a relationship. Otherwise, within these circumstances that us coming together, we, we couldn't have lasted. And you brought up the thing about the passion, of course, all over every word. We read about the Tantra sex, is that what it's called? You know, we, we interviewed uh, President Carter and his wife, and, I, and she, they talked about reading the Bible every night. And I said, wouldn't it be more interesting if Sting and Trudy read, read the Bible every night and President Carter and his wife had wild sex? That would make a better book. <laughs> How do you know they don't? <laughs> Uh, well, we don't have this kind of sex all the time. No, no. <laughs> what, kind of <laughs> what kind of sex is that? How would you I mean, we, we have a pretty intense sexual um, charge between us still. But as Trudy said, it's, that's kind of ephemeral. What's important is that I really like this woman, and she really likes me, despite knowing me. And that's so important. I mean, the sexual thing can... Cool off. It doesn't, have, it doesn't have to be supercharged the whole time. Right. But the, the, the affection for another person, when she walks into the room, she lights my room up. And it's got nothing to do with sex, actually. It's, it's all to do with liking the way that person presents herself in the world, liking the decisions she makes, the, the comments she makes, the, the observations she makes, and respecting them. And, and really... Enjoying her company. I enjoy her company. What, what do you we do, do like a good hotel room, though. Right? <laughs> <laughs> How did you keep a sexy life going with kids in the house? I would be catching up with Sting on, you know, on various tours. This is a man who's, you know, I'm married to a gypsy who, you know, he's, his, his life has been... Itinerant. Itinerant. <laughs> I like that word. So I like troubadour. Peripatetic. Tell us the basis of the Tantra sex. I think it's called Tantric sex. Tantric, okay. okay. We've, we've studied yoga for over 30 years now. Yoga comes from the same root as the word yoke. And what yoga does, it yokes your m movement in the world with your consciousness of it. So you can be sitting down and doing yoga. You can be standing up and doing yoga. You can eat and do yoga. You're connecting it to something 
greater than yourself, to a, to a spiritual life. You can have sex and do yoga. You know, sex is a sacred act. You can make children. Do you know this? You make children that way. So it's, it's not just a stretch for me, because this is a, a sacrament that we share to, to celebrate. Uh-huh. Existing, uh-huh. being alive, being together. Uh-huh. And it's got nothing to do with how long you make love for. That's that's just silly talk. It's actually about being conscious about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, the sort of the tabloid version is, oh, we have sex for you know five or six hours. And what Sting is saying is, it's about really like being connected to that person to take time. You know, and it, and I don't know what the time could be, but it's during that time that you're together. It's you're together, very connected to each other, you know, kissing for a long time, like preparing a meal together, eating together, just like that you feel that you're at one with that, with, with your love, See, with I'm your beloved. Sort of wham, bam, thank you, man. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I've never been a wham, bam, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's, Occasionally. But, but that, that's a wonderful explanation of it. Well, I, you know, yeah. I, I say to Sting, um, like... I love you in the in-between moments of life. The, the other day, we'd had some, um, some sort of like upsetting news about a friend who uh, has got a health crisis. And, um, and I could see how sad you looked. And we were just right, right here. And um, I took your face in my hands and looked in your eyes and I, and I, and I just held you. And I could see that you actually, amidst the sadness that you felt, fear. Um, and I acknowledge that with, you know, that we've had so many years together that are now behind us. And so we also become aware when we get to the age that we are that it is going to end. But for me, in that moment, the in-between moment of holding Sting's face in my hands and looking in his eyes. Uh, it's like, please let us be well and have these moments forever, kind of. How about, um, how about interpersonal conflict? Um, certainly, you know, this is not a Disney movie. Does one of you pout? Does one of you shut up? We don't actually fight very much. No, I tried fighting with him because I used to be a very volatile person. And he's taught me to be a less volatile person. And I'll tell you why. Because he does not deal with people yelling very well at him. And he has a very simple way to... uh, It's it's probably in in your psyche very complex. But when I, 30-something years ago, did my Trudy yelling at you for... I know what whatever was upsetting me. You just the veil just comes down and you just like look at me. And I remember I'd started to yell and I'd said I can't we can't we can never yell in front of our children. I I really set out a rule and he was not a yeller anyway. So I said come outside. We were living at Lake House and we went up to um, for, for a little walk and I was like shouting and yelling and then you climbed over a fence and there was a field of sheep there and I carried on with my like and you're this and you absolutely always bloody this and you and I looked around and these sheep were all going 
<laughs> and then I looked at your face and you were going like, <laughs> so I was thinking, what a waste, what a waste of my energy. We'll have more after a quick break. As listeners to this show, you probably consider yourself pretty smart. But how smart is your wallet? When you're looking to upgrade your wallet, it's time to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds has the financial smarts to help you find the right financial products for you. Before NerdWallet, you might have paid for vacations with whatever was in your wallet. But you could have been missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. Now you can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is accelerating innovation with T-Mobile for business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. We're back to our interview with Sting and Trudy Styler. When we left off, they were recounting an argument they had. Trudy was shouting in a field of sheep while Sting calmly looked on in silence. So I thought I'd better, like, switch out my strategy of uh, trying to resolve conflict. How can we do this better? Not accusing. That's hard to do. Yeah, but... I mean, when you get mad, it's hard to say, okay, let's have a nice talk where I don't accuse you of anything and you don't accuse me of anything. Um, I mean, my family were very volatile. My parents were always fighting. So I never wanted that in my life. That was just toxic for me. So you were instructed to behave in an opposite way. Yeah. I think I was educated by watching my parents who were very young. My mother was 18 when she had me. My father was 20 or something. I saw how they reacted with each other in front of us. 
And that's the last thing I wanted, mm. I think. And I don't lose my temper. No. I actually mm. don't. What a blessing. How about your parents? I think my dad was just a very shut down person, spoke monosyllabically, literally. Sting, when he met Harry, um, would say, you, you know, my father would go, you're up then. <laughs> Sting would say, yes, Harry, I'm up. Uh, and then someone would leave the room and he'd say, you're off then. <laughs> so, yes, Harry, we're off now. He had this thing about never speak until you're spoken to, and that led for quite a lonely life, and a very lonely life for my ma, who was just very vivacious and very outgoing and very kind of like assertive. Um, and I always felt that she envied wives with more gregarious husbands. I notice Sting touches you a lot. <laughs> as he, as you he might be, he might be cueing me to shut yeah. up. <laughs> no, 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 that's it. Uh, and it's a very natural thing. It's a sign of affection. I think that you know when he touches me like that, um, I consider that you know for somebody who's you know in my sixties that when my husband says I look beautiful and or he admires the dress I'm wearing. I start to walk on air again, like I did when I was 30. <laughs> However, if I don't like what she's wearing, <laughs> I say it. I know, so does my husband. And I say, look, if you, if you want to believe me when I don't like it, then it's the same. When I, when I say I like it, I'm telling the truth. So you make your choice. We can trust that. I know, yeah. it still hurts your feelings. I know. <laughs> Sometimes he tells me on the way down in the elevator, I go, oh, oh it's God, it's too late. Because I make the stupid mistake of saying, do you like this? And he'll say, you have better things than that. I go, oh. Do you feel that uh, if you drift away from each other because you've been traveling a lot or you have your own issues while you're making a movie and you're really busy and you've got a thousand fires to let out and you, and you as well. When that happens, it's like, how do, how do you reset? I think you have to raise a flag and say, look, I'm feeling that we need to sit, just sit down mm -hmm. and not even talk, just sit down. Because our lives are so busy. And I sometimes, I don't like the, the cell phone. She's on the cell phone a lot. I, d I don't like it, I feel that's invasive. I mean, I, I will make a call on mine and then I'll turn it off. Yeah. This is my habit. It's a, that's a problem for me because when Sting's on the road, he makes the call to me every day. And if I miss it and I try to call him back, his phone is off. So it's like, <laughs> I can speak to you on your terms, but you can call me anytime you want. <laughs> um, yeah. Actually, that's not true. You're not easy to get either. The big accommodation is absolutely no phones when we eat. It's a ritual. It's a ritual. And then when you sit down, the, the coming together over food and wine is it's a sacrament. It's like we're all together now. But I, I can see that I, my life as a producer involves this constant communication and putting out fires of, you know, all the things that go wrong on sets with films and television stuff. And it's, 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 a, it's a constant, because as a producer, you're like, mom. It's like, mom, something else has gone wrong. And right. Can you say what you think is the strength of your marriage and what is the weakness of your marriage that you have to work on? 
I mean, it's not something that is, is kind of settled like a treaty. We're constantly negotiating and constantly navigating each other. But a rock star, <laughs> to fall in love with a rock star... Big mistake. ...is a very dangerous thing to happen, isn't it? Where are you going with this, Bill? <laughs> He's the talk show guy. <laughs> I'm the romantic one. <laughs> it's a stereotype. It's, yeah, it's, only, it's only partially true. How do you know, though? It's, how do you know? You know, it was, used to be really difficult with just feeling so jealous all the time. That's right. Yeah, it was that. And, and I am a very jealous person, so I've had to... You're literally saying so. Yes. Yeah, so I've had to sort of, like, look at what... Where does my jealousy come from? And growing up, you know, as one of three girls, being jealous about getting attention was like something that we had in our household. Where were you in the order? Middle. Yeah. Did you do that with Steve? So, not to begin with, because <laughs> I was sort of like trying to, you know, really swallow my pride about, well, I'm pretty too, and I'm the girlfriend now, and to assert myself as getting through this sort of like rage of young women saying to me, like, do you know how lucky you are? <laughs> and I'd sort of like want to go... How young? <laughs> Ooh, like, sure. he's the fucking lucky one, you know? <laughs> Which I think I did say a few times. I'm sure you must have. <laughs> uh, and now... You know, it's sort of like it goes away. It's sort of like lessons. I felt that when I first met Phil. Every woman in America wanted to be married to him. In fact, when we got married, I got letters saying, how could you marry him? You know, a woman one wrote me and said, every morning at 9 o'clock when my husband and children leave the house, I put on my lipstick and turn on Phil's show. I mean, they actually had a fantasy about him. Uh, so it certainly isn't the same as as with a rock star, because that's so sexual uh, and so... I don't know. So, did you tell Stein? Did you say, look, I'm having trouble with this, or don't... Well, he walks very fast, and I used to, like, um, wear enormous high heels and Azadina Liar dresses and, like, be really kind of, like, dressed to the nines when we were in public. And, I, you know, it would take a lot of effort to <laughs> look so great. And... Um, and Sting to navigate hordes of people, he would be walking like in front of me to get away from all the crowds, thinking that I would be all right. And I would sort of feel like, hey, look, I'm wearing <laughs> like six inch heels. I can't keep up with you. And I wouldn't keep up with you even if I was wearing sneakers because I saw that he was navigating. That public persona thing really bothered me. But then, you know, we, st we started to, we talked about, you know, jealousy issues and me coming to terms with his public persona and his private persona had really nothing to do with each other. No, I've, I've been there too. Yeah. And I think it's, jealousy is in everybody's heart. Everybody, you get territorial. I, this is my guy. Yeah. Don't touch him. And I know the girls that he, I know the women. He, he knows the trigger. I know all of the ones, as soon as I come into a, a room, I go, like I have, I can kind of pick them out. Oh yeah, this one, I like that one. <laughs> that. Really? Because you know he'll flirt with those. I know his taste in, yeah. He's such a gentleman and very 
enigmatic with the way that he does it. But of course, I know him so well. I know his body language so well. I know every, those eyes, how they, you know, they seemingly, you know, are quite She knows still. When, I, when I'm fancying somebody on the, on the cinema screen. Oh, the TV. I, I, she, I do. I lean I over and I say, the third one on the right? Yeah. And he goes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I love that you walk into a room and can spot the ones. Yeah. That's so fascinating to me. Yeah. Yeah. Can you do that too? Can yep. you tell? Yeah. He knows my tastes as well. Usually okay. older men. I'm the youngest man who's ever been it's with. Tr- it's true. You lived together for how long before you got married? <laughs> ten years. You lived together for ten years. Mm. We had three children in the 10 years that we lived together. That's amazing. So I assume you, you recommend that? Living together? Yeah. No, I don't really. Um, I think that I had no idea when we got married. First of all, we got married because our kids had started to be a bit bullied at school because we moved from urban, splendor London, you know, everybody living together and not particularly being married, and that was okay. But moving into the countryside in England uh, is a very different thing. And not being married and having three kids going to school, it became an issue for the kids. Why didn't you marry? Why didn't we marry? I think it was because... It was I didn't, going so well. <laughs> Why I think it? that what I remember you saying is the biggest failure that you ever felt was that you failed in a marriage. You failed your marriage and that you never wanted to fail again. And that, I respected that. So I think I was okay with it for a few years. And then one of the kids came back from school and said, somebody said, I'm a bastard, is it true? And I said, no, that's your dad. (laughs) (laughs) When you got married after living together and had these babies and all, once you got married, did that change anything? Did it make it different now that you had yeah. signed this covenant? It actually, people gave Trudy much more respect and deference than they did before. And then I, we were both, I was proud to say, this is my wife. Yeah, I remember the first invitation that came to us um, after we were married. It had always been, even in the 10 years that we were together, um, these, you know, things that you're invited to, sting and guest. <laughs> it would really smash my feelings, you know, and um, I would often decline or have somebody call and say that Sting and Trudy would be delighted to accept and whatever. But when I remember the first invitation that came, Mr. and Mrs. Sumner, and I was, I was like... Oh, and then, you know, I didn't have to try so bloody hard after that. So what do you think makes a marriage last? Luck. I don't discount that word, that it's, when you say luck, you mean it's, it's a fortunate thing. That, yeah. That, but I think that we, when we look at someone's chemistry with each other, and there's an instant, like, I know I like you, in our case, we laughed at the same things and we noticed that we laughed at the same things. We, uh, we've, we're similar ages, we're from similar backgrounds, our terms of reference. Our are nostalgias like, are the same. Yeah, nostalgias are the same. Our, you know, our brand of humour is the same. And I remember um, 
There was a, there's a wonderful quote from uh, Jean-Paul Sartre's wife. She said, why share a room when you can share the world? And we do share the world. And she was right. It's like I feel him almost, you know, in his absences where he is. And I sometimes, my intuition tells me, I don't think Sting's very well today. And I'll call and, you know, I can feel, you know, you're in my orbit. Do you feel that? Yes. Yeah, you just sort of psychically get connected up. Especially when we're traveling. Yeah, exactly. And I get great excitement when Sting's been away. You know, I'll pretty myself up for his return and my heart will beat faster. I know he's coming home. He's coming home today and I'll be as giddy as the young girl, you know. That's great. So there you have it. The unbreakable bond between Sting and Trudy Styler. Until next time, I'm Phil Donahue. And I'm Marlo Thomas. I think we've tortured you. <laughs> it's just the most wonderful thing to talk to the two well, It's nice to talk to such an inspiring couple as you two. Thank you so much. I, I don't blame you for marrying each other. I would have married either one of you any time. You're adorable, both of you. Double Date is a production of Pushkin Industries. The show was created by us and produced by Sarah Lilly. Michael Bahari is associate producer. Musical adaptations of It Had to Be You by Stellwagen Symphonette. Marlo and I are executive producers, along with Mia Lobel and Lital Molad from Pushkin. Special thanks to Jacob Weisberg, Malcolm Gladwell, Heather Fain, John Schnars, Carly Migliori, Eric Sandler, Emily Rostek, Jason Gambrell, Paul Williams, and Bruce Kluger. If you like our show, please remember to share, rate, and review. Thanks for listening. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.